Welcome to Create a Mess Podcast, a podcast dedicated to sharing the stories of successful individuals in their field. Using the platform of the Triangle of Life, my interviewees will share their methodologies of how they use mental, emotional, and social platforms to find their physical, tangible success. So as the title says, Create a Mess, it becomes a play on words to create another type of MES in success. So as I always told my teams, I coach in my past, to create a mess, let's make a home away from home. Let's go. In episode eight, my guest, Ryan Diskin, may be young in age, but experienced in life. You will be mesmerized at Ryan's story as his life was impacted at such a young age. Listen to how Ryan turned his diagnosis into a desire as his experience taught him the power of positivity. You will be captivated learning how to have a perspective on your life after hearing a true survivor talk about the strength that lives in all of us. Although Ryan may be my youngest guest, His outlook on life can teach us all how to live a balanced, happy life. Now, let's join your host, Stephen J. Fenn, Episode 8. All right, folks. Episode number eight to create a mess podcast. I'm your host, as always, Stephen J. Fenton. We are glad to have you back, uh, trying to spread that goodness in the world and creating that mess that we talk about, mental, emotional, and social tactics in your life that you can actually apply and use um, all through that physical, tangible, whatever it may have been. We had a volleyball coach on. We had a jiu-jitsu head coach on. uh, We had an author on. Um, we had a naval physician on, all different types of guests who've all had some type of physical, tangible experience in their life, and they were able to use the mental, emotional, and social sides of their own health triangles to create that balance and create their own mess to live the most fruitful life that they could. And today's guest, well, his story is an unbelievable one because you're going to hear a story about a young man who went through an extremely challenging situation, and he'll tell you the whole story, um, but his story will inspire you and many others as it inspired us coming from such a young age and dealing with something, and the man he has become today, and the man he's going to be continue to become in our world, I'll tell you, we're, we're in a treat, we're in for a treat today, folks, to have our guest, Ryan Zugman Diskin. Ryan, it's great to have you on. Thank you so much for having me on, I'm honored. Uh, it's my pleasure, it's my pleasure, and I kind of gave him a little nickname there, Zugman. Yep. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna ask him through our his introduction to kind of like that's his nickname that he got from a young age. So why don't you yeah. start um, and uh, talk to our folks, introduce yourself, tell them uh, who you are, how old you are, where you what you're up to these days, what you're heading to do, and make sure when you throw in there, you can talk about your family and what you've been doing in your own life, and don't forget to tell us about that nickname. Of course, I'd love to. Well, appreciate you having me on. Well, um, my name is Ryan. Um, it's great. I'm honored to be here. And um, I'm 18 years old, just turned 18 years old. And um, I, I, I'm all about being positive. And I do a lot of things um, in my life currently 
that embody that as well as um, in the past that has also helped me uh, embody that characteristic of myself. So t taking it back a, f a little bit, just from the get-go, um, as, as Steve, you were talking about before, you know, using a, a, past, a past health experience in order to uh, transform you and, and, you know, share your story, just like you had those amazing guests on before. Um, I had a similar experience that really transformed who I was and really just, just helped me. And it didn't, it, it, it's it kind of hard to describe at times because as, as serious as it was, it was also a really great experience and I got a lot out of it in order to help me and to help others in the future. So just a little background. Um, I have a undiagnosed disease uh, and still to this day, the doctors do not know what exactly it is. So they, they kind of underclassified it as a tumor. And this tumor basically created a lesion in my brain. And this lesion created a ton and ton of problems uh, in my brain and body. So my eye is red. Um, that's a big characteristic you see about me. My left eye is red. And I also have um, many indentations in my head. And um, a lot of bone in my face has been uh, cut by this lesion. So when I was little, uh, around three to four years old, my mom noticed that like there's this redness in my eye. And I had absolutely horrible headaches like you couldn't believe and it, it was it's some of the worst pain i think i'll ever experience and, and they weren't just you know your common you know your, your normal common cold headache it was just excru excruciating pain and we had no idea what this was what this could be went to our pediatrician uh, at the time, and they, they really didn't think much of it. And but as time went on, things got worse and worse. Um, the the redness of the eye started to develop, uh, more indentations in my head, um, varied, very different different uh, symptoms that were were not were not normal per se. And and my mom and dad wanted to get to the bottom of this and really figure out what what was going on, why these headaches are so bad, and. As time went on, uh, the redness of the eye kept getting uh, bigger, more problems, more headaches, things along those lines. Just It didn't get any better. And flash forward just a little bit, uh, things did start to get better for a time. Uh, for about three years, there wasn't really any much activity, but still, nobody knew what exactly has like what what happened to me why my eyes red all this other stuff why are why i'm enduring all this pain so uh years later uh things started to pick up again i started to get horrible headaches horrible um hor horrible symptoms headaches uh vomiting you know all that type of stuff terrible physical pain and we actually went back to the pediatrician and this was one of the first times where they sent me to the hospital and I sat in the hospital um, and sat in the hospital for a very long time, endured a lot of pain. Um, and basically the only thing that was really stopping this pain 
you know, traditional painkillers. And we had no idea how to stop the pain. But eventually when it did stop, we, we really needed to get to the bottom of this. And our doctor, our normal pediatrician, recommended a doctor um, in New York. And so we went to that doctor, and they, hadn't, they couldn't solve it. Then that doctor recommended another doctor, and this is a pattern that you'll see. But many doctors were recommended in a ton of the United States. We went to Ohio. We went to Boston. We went to New York. We went to North Carolina, Virginia, a lot of states, and seeing hundreds and hundreds of doctors, and not a single one of them could diagnose or put a pinpoint or solve what was going on. They had, this has never been seen before. And so time goes on, time goes on. We're, we're st I'm still enduring this pain. So from all of up to, you know, kindergarten to third grade, I endured a great amount of pain. We saw tons of doctors, tons of, um, you know, uh, little trying ways to solve it but nothing really worked nothing the pain did not subside nothing at all and uh throughout this like our family felt very discouraged um which which is not how we how we would feel today after this whole situation it, we felt very discouraged and hopeless at the time and you know just talking to my mom and dad about what happened um they initially were very and, you know, not sure what would take place in the future, how this would go. And as time went on, time went on in about, in about 2011, 2012, um, one day I was just sitting at home and I had probably the worst oncoming headache that I ever had. And I broke down crying. It almost felt like if you were to take your skull, split it down the middle and just pry it open. It felt, oh my gosh. Like, yeah, it felt excruciating. And so they called the, the ambulance and it came to our house and I was, you know, throwing up all this other physical pain and they brought me to the emergency room. And then right from the emergency room, they sent me right to New York city. And that was where, uh, things started to get a little. So basically we met this doctor named Dr. Jeffrey Greenfield, and he he was the one who really, he didn't diagnose it, but he stopped the pain. So in that time, when we rushed to New York, I was I sat in the hospital bed for about two months, and um, I, I couldn't get up, couldn't walk, um, and endured tons of pain. And they I went through a long time of chemotherapy, multiple surgery, surgeries, multiple scans, biopsies, all these different types of um, medical procedures, and nothing worked. Absolutely nothing. And basically, fast forward a little bit, about a month in, about a month in, Dr. G after you know seeing all this pain and during uh, what, what I was going through and, and everything like that, he said to my mom, he said, he said, Kate, there's a surgery that we could perform that could possibly stop the pain. So just for a, a little, the pain is in terms of the headaches. And now the headaches were caused by this thing called CSF fluid. And this CSF fluid dripped um, throughout my head. 
and that this is what was causing the headaches in in addition to uh, multiple cases of bacterial meningitis uh, and uh, this this fluid was really rampant in my head and they needed a way to control it uh, in order to stop stop these headaches and stop uh, the pain that I was enduring. So Dr. Jeffrey Greenfield, like they said, we have a surgery. It could be it, it could be risky, you know, but my mom was like, do you think that the risk the benefit is greater than the risk? And he said yes. And my mom and dad decided to proceed with this surgery that would change everything. They implemented something called a shunt in my head. And this shunt is basically a block, a plastic block in my head that runs a from the plastic block a tube down in my stomach. And this actually drains the CSF fluid out um, from my head to my stomach. And they did this surgery, they implemented the shunt, and the pain didn't stop immediately, but it was a major game changer for the pain and basically for the, the hope of the whole scenario. You know, we were completely hopeless, worried, scared, fearful throughout that whole time. And, you know, finally, an ounce of hope drops through and we finally, you know, say yes to the surgery that was absolutely life life changing and 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 really transformative and you know really saved you know my life and this pain was rampant and it slowed down a lot after the surgery and a great team of doctors uh, in addition to Dr. Greenfield and it was it was truly a miracle still to this day um, they do not know exactly what I have and if it will ever be solved. But for now, we don't want to mess with it, of course. But for now, this block that's in my head is truly keeping it together and, and not allowing this pain anymore. So um, ironically, we thought, we thought it was over. We thought we, you know, we won the battle for that time. So about two months later, I got out of the hospital, went back home, and, and you and I played Just Dance um, I remember that <laughs> on the TV. Yep. Um, so that happened. And then about a year later, about a year later. So now going into 2012, 2013, uh, the, the pain went on again. The pain started back up again. And, you know, that, that once, that once confident family was now fearful again, but from our last experience, we knew that with a positive mind, positive intentions, and hope that we could get through this again. We could definitely get through this again. So I went, I, we rushed back to the ER. They sent, they discharged us back to New York. And I then sat in the hospital bed for about a month and a week. And they had to, there was actually a problem with the shunt. And it wasn't functioning properly, and this and this fluid was leaking back again, and there was a problem with the shunt. And luckily, they they fixed it again. They fixed it up, and 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 pray to God, there has never been another problem from 2013 to 2021. Throughout that entire time, we 
we were we were initially fearful, initially very negative. Nothing, no no hope coming out of this. But as we started winning those battles through positive intentions and positive thoughts, confidence, resiliency, perseverance, optimism, uh, it's really something that th- those characteristics was a major part of what saved us. Like if, if we chose to give, to give up after the first initial, you know, pain, it could have been a different story, but no, we stayed resilient. We persevered through the initial struggle and ultimately that led us up, that led us to win in the end and stop the pain for now. And, you know, have, I think it's, it's just about eight years of not having, uh, any pain or, or uh, you know, heartache at all. And we stayed positive. We stayed positive, and that's what really helped. After praying and staying positive, that's what really helped us and um, overall led to me telling this story today. And <laughs> there's a lot of nitty-gritty um, within that story, but that's the, that's the overall, you know, um, outline of what happened. Well, I mean, Ryan, I, I've known this story, and folks, uh, you could probably pick it up because uh, he brought up a little bit about me and him playing Just Dance back yes. in 2012. And uh, <laughs> I've known um, Ryan pretty much his whole life, and I was at his house because I've known his father pretty much uh, my whole adult life. Um, and um, just hearing it again, and folks, I know you're feeling what I was feeling, like the, the amount of, like um, – you know, not sorrow, but like we feel sorry for something that was that completely out of your control. Right. Yet, look, look what you've done t- for it and to it. And you know, you had an undiagnosed tumor to today, and somebody who didn't ask for that. And folks, look at the things he's talking about. Look at the things he's talking about: grit and resilience and positivity. So, I want to ask you this question and kind of share with our listeners. Yeah, I mean, your story is is an exact reason podcast just share to the world about different experiences and yours happens to be a very traumatic one um and yet what came out of it was so influential to both yourself and the world already and you know there's a lot of those times when you're a youth that you probably missed out on a lot of those normal you know kid things at times especially when you were going through that stressful time that could have been very I assume you can like kind of recall back to some of those frustrating times when you were younger. So if you could talk to like our listeners and tell them a little bit, like, you know, those times are real. Stress is real. Frustrating is real. Whether it's something as serious as what you're going through, something a little smaller in a stressful way, but it's all stress. How did you be able to bridge that to your positivity outlook? When the first thing you said on this podcast was, all about being positive how did you bridge that how, how did that happen sure yeah so our listeners of course so during that during those times of countless days standing in the hospital bed almost missing christmas missing pretty much the entire fourth grade um a ton of school um missing tons of social interactions you know and and these are these are keen years for a someone's development, you know, and um, I couldn't I couldn't experience that because I was in that hospital bed battling, and it's 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 truly 
I feel like a way to cope with this is as soon as I got out, you know, I, I missed baseball. Uh, baseball, I played baseball, and I missed the pretty much two seasons, three, even maybe four seasons. Uh, yeah, I, bi- I missed about two years of baseball. Um, I missed basketball. I missed school. All this. And it, it was truly heartbreaking. And, you know, a keen part of my childhood was taken out um, by this by this undiagnosed disease. However, that really did not deter me and the future. You know, my dad saw this, how I wasn't going to be able to have all these traditional experiences like everybody else. And, and he, he, and he thought that was completely okay. You know, um, this happened for a reason. We're going to go out in this experience rather than, rather than seeing what I missed out on, what I can make out of it and, and, and the positive sway that this could have on other people. So basically, um, my, I couldn't play sports. I couldn't be active like, like other kids. And so my dad actually introduced me to fishing. And fishing is a big part of my life now. And um, obviously, you don't need to run around to fish. But um, so my dad introduced me to fishing. And I was automatically, we, we, we fished before all of this stuff happened. But really, the impact of when I really saw it with fishing after this was after this disease and um, was stopped. But my dad introduced me to fishing and I was absolutely hooked. And what, what I really got out of this, you know, old, uh, being older now is that sure, stressful things will happen, but they will pass. It will pass as time goes on and the little stressful and little, um, little bursts of anxiety that, you may have it, it will pass just with time it will pass with time and just what i really learned is not to let anything in the in the past or what's going on to um, affect the future and your and your potential just like my dad did not let me suffer and miss out on all these things because of the disease and that's what that's a big thing that my entire story showed me and uh and yeah so let's talk about fishing for a minute because like you know i, I want to touch upon that with our listeners in a minute yes. about the success of fishing and folks listeners that you're out there i mean you're 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 listening to somebody right now that in the fishing domain is very well popular known person <laughs> that he even himself has met people that the, they say to him, oh, my God, you're Zuggy fishing, which, <laughs> by the way, folks, we'll get back to in a minute why he's Zug, man. But yeah. let's talk about fishing for a minute. I mean, wh- I mean, for your father to do that and, I mean, such a amazing way in its own amazing positive way to look at, I mean, looking at his son and wanting him to experience those things. And then, you know, the universe and God brought you together to find yeah. fishing. And you were I love when you said you were hooked. I kind of chuckled because yeah. that was a, liter- a literal part of fishing. So. Right. Tell our tell our listeners what is it about fishing that hooked you that you love that it inspires you and like because truthfully Ryan anybody can fish right sure I agree so yeah tell our tell our listeners a little bit about that like what is it about fishing and 
what is it that hooks you and what is it about it that really, really makes it that part of that all about positive mindset? Sure. So my dad introduced me to fishing and uh, we actually have a pond, very, very local to us, um, local to us. And he took me fishing back there. And, you know, it wasn't anything, anything but a hook and a bobber and a worm. And after that first cast and I caught um, my first, my first Sonny bluegill is the, is the name. Um, I, I was absolutely hooked. I thought like, I didn't think much of it at first, but it was fun and I liked it. And as I grew older, I continued to fish and really, it's really transformed the way I think and, uh, the, the way I, I live truly, to be honest. And, so the reason why fishing is so great in my eyes is for, for multiple reasons. One, you're, you're in nature. Nature is a great way in order to clear the mind. It's a great way to, you know, practice mindfulness um, and, and be observant and, and really grateful for, for what's around you. And that's something fishing has taught me a lot. It, it's, it's way more than, than, than somebody thinks it's way more than just sitting around all day, you know, in the hot sun waiting for the fish to bite. That's what most people deem fishing as, but it, it's so much more to me. It's all about the nature, all about being observant and mindful and, and appreciating what's around you and, and the scenery. That's one major thing why I love fishing. Um, and also self-reflection, you know, just sit, whether you go fishing by yourself or with somebody else, self-reflection is amazing when you're fishing. You know, as I said before about the mind, you know, self-reflection, reflecting on your day, um, you know, clearing your mind or thinking about something that, that, you, that you need to. It's a great way to do that as well. And I also mentioned that you could either fish by yourself or with someone else. So whatever, however you fish, there's an extremely positive outlook like whether you're by yourself and you self-reflect and enjoy the scenery or you're with someone else enjoying their company and and talking to them while you catch fish and th those are two of the biggest reasons why i love fishing and uh you know another reason is fishing fishing's fun itself in terms of you know the gear and all that type of stuff and and, and trying to figure out a puzzle and and also perseverance Fishing is, is, is cool in that sense as well. And a lot of people don't know that. And I, I like to think of fishing as having, a, it's like a puzzle. You, you need to pick the right baits. You need to pick the right location, uh, time of day, uh, uh, the color of your bait, the, 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 the right rod, the right line, the right reel, whatever have you. And it's like figuring out a puzzle and how to catch the fish. And it's a big part of it. It's 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 a lot harder than people think, but um, it, it's all about trying to figure it out. And what comes with that is perseverance. And how you know you can fish, and you people think that it's just you know sit around all day, but no, you got to try to figure out the puzzle and persevere, and and try to catch fish. And really shows you to be resilient. It shows you to be patient. Um, and it shows you to really enjoy what's around you 
And then when you catch fish, you, there's not only, you know, the calming side of fishing, but then when you get a bite, it's just like you wouldn't believe. And, you know, you catch this big fish. It, it's, it's one of the best feelings uh, in the world, in my opinion. And especially if you get a big one on and, and, you know, fish are a great species, you know, just to show what God created and uh, the nature around you. So that, that's why I love fishing. It, it, it's, it's really important to me. You know, uh, before we dive into what fishing has become in your life and what you've taken it to, because I do want our listeners to know about uh, your success in fishing and where you're headed and all that. But sure. um, before I dive into that, I really love how you brought up the um, three things that you got through fishing when you talked about practicing mindfulness, yep. practicing self-reflection, yep. and that led you to perseverance. Um you know, my, and I love how you talked about, you know, staying in the puzzle and figuring out that puzzle because uh, my jiu-jitsu coach always tells me that it's a marathon, not a sprint. Right. And it's so easy to get frustrated when you're trying to figure out that puzzle and just give up. And that's where that perseverance comes in and, and your self-reflection. I love that you said that. I do that sometimes way too much. Right. Um, and every moment you can grow because moments are so important. Um, but I really want you to talk to our listeners about mindfulness. Now, I do know your father very well, and he's very, uh, extremely um, a very big believer and practicer of mindfulness, and I uh, share it with the world, what he does. But in your own perspective, from learning it from your parents and practicing it yourself, both when fishing as well as being in the world, talk to our listeners about your perspective of what mindfulness is. Sure. It's... It's truly transforming, in my opinion. And what mindfulness has really brought to me is gratitude. It, I feel like mindfulness has, has equated to gratitude um, in my life and in my eyes. Like, for example, um, a, a big thing I like to... A lot of people actually ask me about mindfulness. And a big thing that I like to kind of give an example of is, you know... Let's say, let's say you want to go to, um, I don't know, you want to go, to, you want to go golfing, and and you want someone to go with you, but you keep calling people and no one's answering, no one wants to go, whatever, and a lot of people would just say, all right, I'm not going to go golfing today, and what I do, however, I, I like to take that as an opportunity in order to practice mindfulness, just like fishing. And, and be absorbed in my own self-reflection and own um, personal, uh, you know, growth and, and mind and, and really reflect on myself. Um, you know, a, a big thing like I like to practice with mindfulness is, is self-reflection, self gratitude, being observant, um, and, and just whatever I'm doing, acknowledge it, acknowledge that you're doing it, and savor the moment. And that's a big thing. Um, my, my, my medical history is to savor the moment. And that's a big key concept with mindfulness is savoring the moment, being self-aware and, and, and you're in, in what you're doing. And just like when I was in the hospital, it's so important to savor every moment no matter what you're doing, whether you're, whether you're, whether you're golfing or going to the movies alone or you're going with somebody, you know, it's, it's to be self-absorbed, uh, self-aware about what you're doing. And in the moment, 
rather than rather than not acknowledging what's around you and just mindlessly going through things, it's important to be aware about what you're doing. And then this, in turn, equates to gratitude because you're aware of the moments and how much and, and how much you think about this one thing that you're doing, whether whether no matter what it is, and you can be so grateful that you're actually doing this thing when you look about it in the bigger picture. And 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 another amazing thing I like to think about with with mindfulness is you know how lucky um, one is to truly be alive. And uh, I, these are these are the, the thoughts, the things that I'm saying are things I I think about you know, when self-reflecting and practicing mindfulness and whatever I do, fishing, working out, whatever have you. And it's just amazing because you could self-reflect on yourself. Think about how lucky you are to actually be here um, and and do amazing things uh, around you. And you don't have to always do, do it with somebody. You can do it with yourself and 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 practice and and calm yourself and not only that well mindfulness not only you know talk about self-reflection but helps you be calm it helps you um with calmness it it truly transformed my mind in a way that like like that never i've never experienced before because by practicing mindfulness by being grateful by self-reflecting it really helps in whatever scenario to calm yourself, to say, I'm lucky to be here. Uh, whatever, whatever task is at hand, I will handle with confidence and positivity um, and be calm about it and realize that it's not the end of the world. And like, like for example, like, like tests in school, you know, I, uh, before I really knew mindfulness, tests used to be really, really hectic and once I realized the power of mindfulness and what it really has to offer, it, it really just showed me to calm down, you know, be confident, persevere through this thing, and, and realize that, you know what, I may be taking a test right now, which, which may, you may think is it, it really is not, not good, but you know, I'm lucky to be taking this test right now because there's someone who, who, who's not taking this test right now and going through it much worse, and that. Uh, think about with any situation and you know mindfulness is it's just amazing and really transforms the way you look at things folks don't forget i'm talking to somebody who's 18 just graduated (laughs) high school and the way you're speaking is you're speaking to me like you're a professor who's been uh is on top talking into the 10th crowd of 10,000 i mean the way you described your example of of somebody wanted to play golf with somebody and then not finding somebody, most people would take that as a complete negative experience right? and turn key that a different way. And here you are explaining an example and saying, you know, savor that moment, that, that the opportunity for you to be able to like self-reflect in the moment. It was amazing. So Thanks. I got a, ch- I got a little bit of a challenge question for you and I'm not afraid sure. to ask this even when you're so young, because the truth is you're so experienced. Right. A lot of people are different in the world. Like there are people with brains that are just so busy and they can't like shut their brains off. They don't know how to like slow down in that moment. 
My question to you for our listeners is, and some people are just wired like that and some people aren't, but can those people still practice mindfulness? Can those people still be able to experience that savor in the moment? And do you have any certain like tools, ideas, thoughts, just from your experience of going through your own, you know, experience explained before and you know, what you, the way you see life now, if that makes any sense. hundred percent. So I, I, my mind used to be real boggled as well. Like, like a lot of bouncing things, you know, in and out and, um, really hectic. And then mindfulness came around and then it absolutely changed the perspective um, like you wouldn't believe. Uh, and yeah, P- someone whose brain is, is wired that way, 100% can mindfulness and, and even get out of some of the bad habits, you know, that they don't like cool. with, all the, with all the things that um, are, are bounced around in, in, in their head. And, you know, what, what it's done for me is some cool things that I like to do to practice mindfulness a lot of people, it's, it could be silly, but it works for me. And what I do, if, 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 if something's really hectic, right, and like I, I have an assignment or I have to upload a video and, um, you know, it's pretty hectic. What I do is I, I actually do a few things, but the, the first thing that I do is, as I said before, mindfulness equates to gratitude. And whatever room I'm in, like right now I'm in the garage, I look around and I pick out five things. So right here, there's a 45-pound plate, there's a kayak, there's a fishing rod, there is a gas station sign, and there is a speaker. And I look at these things and say, and, and, and tell why I'm grateful for them. And it's a really good thing to do. And no matter where you are, like if you're outside, I always go... You know, like there's a tree, you know, there's a bird and like, say, like, be self-aware about where you are and it really helps calm the mind. And like when I'm fishing, I go, all right, I have a rod in my hand. I have a reel. Um, I, I see a fish right there. There's a tree to my right. And it really helps me become self-aware and, and calms the mind because it, it really just shows how whatever, you know, whatever going on in your head and, and you may think it's super stressful, super the end of the world. But then you look at the tree to your right and you say, and it just calms your mind and really shows how, it's, it's tough to put this, but it, it just shows how simplistic things can be when you actually slow down. Because a lot of people work so fast, like, like, don't tell her this, but my mom, she, <laughs> she works real fast and, you know, has a brain full of things. But then I say to her, I go, you know, uh, mom, look at that banana on the table. And she'll like, I'm not joking, she'll like stare at it for five minutes. And then all the th- stuff that she was thinking about simply disappears. And Amazing. it's just like the, the, the things with the five things that I point around in the room. Like, I, I always say why I'm grateful for the things and then depict it. And, and just, it helps calm the mind and and it really helps in stressful situations when, you know, you have a deadline or what have you, and you need to calm the mind. You pick out something that's right next to you and just and stare at it and depict it and, you know, say how, how lucky you are. Talk about gratitude 
and it just really helps calm the mind. And it, thing that I, I love to do and I recommend for people's, uh, he, you know, people who are very hectic, uh, have hec like have hec have he how do I put this? Have like hectic minds. Mm -hmm. um, Perfect. An another another thing that I like to do is say, like if I if a stressful thing comes up, I like to say three things that I'm grateful for and just pick them out. And you know, if three doesn't calm the mind, then it's then it's ten. You know what I mean? Like I say, um, I say, okay, this may be stressful, but I'm gonna take a deep breath and then I'm gonna say. Okay, I'm grateful that I have a family. I'm grateful that um, we can have food on the table every day. Um, I'm grateful that my friend just got a job promotion. I'm making this up, but um, but you know, just saying things out loud that you're grateful for, and that the situation at hand really isn't the end of the world, and really, in the end, does not does not really need doesn't <laughs> the situation at hand doesn't really um you know it's not like how this is a good way to put it it's like not life or death and it, it's not as crazy as you think it may be and uh you know just these little things of looking at what's around you and and reflecting and being self-aware and and just practicing mindfulness and getting your mind off of the situation because it will really you know just tell you that it's okay. It'll, it, everything will be all right. And, you know, if, if once I get through this thing, yeah, everything, everything will be all right. And I mean, I just practice mindfulness in order because everything will be all right. And it's just sometimes that mental block, like a lot of people, you know, think that it's the end of the world. And, you know, once you calm down and take a deep breath, breathing is also a big thing that I do. Um, taking deep breaths and focusing on your breath and what's around you, um, that it'll be okay. And, you know, whatever the situation is at hand, it'll be okay. Just you need to work through it and stay calm in it and, and do, do the best you can. And another thing that really has helped, helped me out, um, is the, the thought of, of trying your best. You know, a lot of people strive for perfection and they strive to, you know, be perfect at every little thing they do. And if it's not, they're, they're disappointed. And what I always just, just have the thought in my mind, whatever I'm doing, try my 100% best. And if my 100% best is not enough, then I shouldn't be upset because I did everything that I could in order to accomplish um, the, the task at hand. So if my, my one recommendation for those who have a hectic mind would really be to look at things around you and calm your mind, say things you're grateful for, and try your best at the end of the day. Amazing. So, yeah, quite a ride, quite a ride. And speaking of that, I want to give a, I have a question for you that has to do with a book that your father actually brought to me called The Energy Bus. Okay, and I know you know that book pretty probably pretty well yeah. by John Gordon. Yeah. Um. So. Your bus, which is in control of all of us, and folks, I highly recommend to read that book, but I think it's important, and I really want you to share with me three people that you're grateful for that are on your bus. And although our listeners might not know who they are, if you can just share something small, why you're grateful for them, 
that can connect with them to start to think about in their life who they can choose to be on their bus that they can become grateful for. If you can kind of clump that together in three three people, and if you can always make it more and that kind of thing, but whatever you want, if you can do that, that'd be great. So first I'm just going to classify as like my family. Um, awesome. So my family would be on the bus because, you know, they're there through the ups and downs. They see the struggles, they see the successes and, you know, no matter what they're, they're, they're there. And that's, what's the most important thing um, that you're there for other people. Um, you know, there's always those that say, say that they're there and then they leave. And that's not, that's not someone who should be on the bus per se, but my, my family, they, they never leave my side. And that's someone who, um, those are some people who should definitely, who would definitely be on my bus. Um, the next person that would be on my bus, um, there is this person named Gary Vaynerchuk, who is a uh, entrepreneur, and he runs a lot of social media accounts, and he does, you know, he's like an, an investor, and he's also a motivational speaker, and he's someone who would be on my bus because he has really, uh, actually helped me with my mindfulness practices, confidence, um, and also social media tips and things like that. Um, and also his big motto is just not to care what people think. And he portrays a lot of good messages. So if um, those who are listening, if you, if you want a really good motivational speaker, um, it's Gary Vaynerchuk, um, AKA Gary V. And he's really, a really inspiring person and, and really gets it going. So that would be my number two on the bus. Um, number three would probably be, give me, ah, number three. Let me see. Number three. I love making you think, Zug, man. Yeah. Yep. Um, <laughs> let me, um, let's see. Number three would probably be oh boy this is this is a tough one this is this is harder than <laughs> I thought it would be um let me see number th three would probably mm, ah I have one number three would be my friend Matt um even, that's kind of broad but my friend Matt he does not stop he does not not ever encourage me if that makes awesome. sense awesome. you know he um always is always positive always improves uh whatever the task at hand is always looks at the bright side of things and you know it's really important for those who are listening to surround yourself with people like matt and and like you know the people on my bus because if you have people on your bus that always are negative, always bring you down, never support what you're doing. Uh, those are not good people to have on your bus because at the end of the day, those are going to be the ones that are going to bring you down and, and, and not allow you to fully achieve what you need to achieve or live how you want to live. 
So it's an, always important to, you know, add people to your bus that are, uh, will always promote your growth or always positive and, and will support you. Unbelievable. I, I know for a fact one day I'll be getting on that bus ride with you, Zuck, man. <laughs> uh, before I we talk uh, lastly about um, Zuggy Fishing, which we're going to talk about in a second, tell us really quick, why Zug, man? Where'd that come from? So my nickname is Zuggy, Z-U-G-G-Y. And so it, it's actually... It doesn't, it doesn't, it's not a sentimental story at all. It's actually kind of a, <laughs> a, a funny story. But so when I was little, uh, don't ask me the age, but my dad knows. Um, so when I was little, uh, there's this, it's kind of a dumb story, but one car commercial and um, the, the commercial, it said, like there were, there was in the slogan, it said, zoom, zoom, zoom. And <laughs> When when you're when you're little, like some, you know, younger kids can't pronounce some words like like you know they are normally pronounced. And at at whatever age I was, I couldn't say the word zoom, so I said zug instead. Z. <laughs> and and um, instead of zoom zoom zoom, I would sing like zug zug zug, and. Um, I just kept saying that word and it stuck and my dad just called me Zuggy and I, yeah, that, that's how, that's how the nickname came into place. Well, you turned it into something pretty cool. Tell our listeners about your uh, YouTube channel and your podcast, please. Yes. So I have a YouTube channel called Zuggy Fishing, Z-U-G-G-Y Fishing. And on this channel, uh, I do a numerous amount of things and, uh, I make fishing videos. I bring people on my adventures, my fishing adventures. I give people tips and tricks. Um, I, I give reviews and things like that um, all along the fishing world. And I also, a massive, if not the biggest part of my channel, is providing positive motivation and, and really embodying my story and what I believe in those videos and always giving positive effort single video i go what is going on guys and then i say um back to you with another video and i say hope y'all optimistic loving life living life to the fullest i say a lot of positive affirmation characteristics and i think that's what a, a lot of my viewers love to see so I, I i do a lot of fishing on the page um some awesome fishing adventures on there um just like we're, we're gonna be down in marco island soon and yeah, you'll see you'll see Steve on a video, <laughs> and, um, and a lot of things, a lot of fishing, a lot of positive motivation, and the the, the channel is it, it. I'm just very grateful for the way the channel has gone. Wow. Um, initially, uh, I started the channel, if I'm not mistaken, when I was like 13 years old, maybe maybe a little before that even. And when I was when I was 13, I started the YouTube channel and just made some videos at the backyard pond. And um, then we actually went down to Florida shortly after, and I made some videos there. And uh, actually, the first video, if, yeah, the first ever video was in Florida, um, in Marshall nice. Island. The first few videos. So I started the YouTube channel there, and actually, 
be because of like all the support i got i, I hit like um 500 subscribers in like the first day it was crazy wow. and um so as time went on time went on um i, I made a few videos that summer but then for about I, I think for about three or four years maybe i didn't make any videos and uh because i didn't really you know i didn't know what what to do really how to edit whatever what have you and uh i took that time off it wasn't really time off but um i just didn't do it and then as as time went on i, I picked it up again with several breaks several breaks several breaks and then in march 2020 so at a, starting in 2020 i had about a thousand subscribers if i'm not mistaken and uh in march 2020 like right when covid hit right when we went out of school i really said I'm going to do this and I'm going to be dedicated and I'm going to be consistent and I'm going to, you know, cause this is, this is what I love to do. I love to go fishing. Um, I love to inspire and I love to, to make videos. And, uh, in, in March, 2020, I really started to buckle down on YouTube and posting three times, three plus times a week. Um, you know, there's sometimes, uh, up to this day, pretty much there's some weeks where I only post, no longer videos and what have you, but I've been extremely consistent and there hasn't been a week where I haven't posted a video. Um, and the, the growth has just been there. The response has been there. People are loving the videos. Um, and I have some very loyal subscribers and, um, I'm at about 17,000 subscribers. Um, as of now, I'm about 16.2. So running up on 17,000 soon. Um, and I absolutely love it. And I like to think of, I don't like the word, uh, you know, followers or fans or subscribers, really. I, I like to think of anybody who subscribes to my channel, likes one of the videos or comments um, as a part of the Zuggy Fishing family, as part of the family. And um, because if you support my videos, I, I appreciate you and I'm so grateful for you more than you can imagine. And um, I really like to... You know, anybody who subscribes, supports my videos at all, you know, they're, they're really part of the Zuggy Fishing family, and I'm really grateful for them. And I, I absolutely love making YouTube videos and other short videos on other platforms and things along those lines. Um, and I will continue to make them throughout college and, and just make more awesome adventures and branch off and inspire more people. Wow, unbelievable, folks. Just check it out. Zuggy Fishing on YouTube. Um, and you're taking that Zuggy Fishing to the University of Auburn. Is that correct? That is correct. And you will be joining their um, prestigious fishing team, correct? Yeah. I will be on the Auburn fishing team. Um, basically, it's it's really awesome. A lot of the southern school teams, um, pretty, much, pretty much all of them have fishing teams. And, um, yeah, they have fishing teams and they compete, uh, in tournaments and there's wow. a lot of, there's a lot of members on the team and, uh, there's a lot of tournaments as well. And people are picked, you know, uh, everyone goes to tournaments and if you place, uh, you know, highly, they, they pay for some of your, you know, hotel gas, things like that. It's a really wow. cool and a great way to, it's, it'll be great for me to make YouTube videos there. Um, with my adventures and also um, compete uh, like I've wanted.
time actually fishing. So yeah, that's going to be awesome. I'm really excited to join the team uh, at Auburn and yeah, I'm excited. Many great things coming for you, Zug, man, through this incredible ride you've had already. Last question, then I'll let you go. (laughs) Let's say 20 years from now, you're in, a, you're in front of a crowd of 20,000 people in Madison Square Garden at a speaking event that you are holding. What's the name of it? Interesting. Um, this, is, this is a tough one. Um, the name of my speaking event. Um, I don't want to say a phrase that's commonly used. Mm-hmm. So... Um, if I were to, let me think, let me think, um, uh, well, this is a tough one. Um, <laughs> in my speaking event, it would be called, um, uh, it would probably be, hmm, this is a tough question. I love uh, it. It'd probably be called. You're figuring out your puzzles, Zugman. Yes, exactly. See? Um, You're staying mindful. Yep. Uh, it would probably be called if the if the old me can do it, so can you. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Oh my god, that's amazing. <laughs> I'm, I'm your first. I'm signing up right now. <laughs> Thanks. If the old me can do it, so can you. That's incredible. Thanks. Folks, I hope that you have enjoyed this episode as much as I have. Um, as I told you earlier, I've known Ryan his entire life, as I've known his father my entire adult life, and have experienced uh, his ride as a friend of the family. Um, and have been there and seen them. They are an incredible family. As you can tell, he is one incredible human being. Um, it was I was so excited to get you on the show. Um, for all of you, your listeners out there, who support you, Zuggy Fishing. Um, a big hello to you from a family friend of Zugman himself. And uh, <laughs> I wish you all to create your own mess in your life, just yeah. like Zugman did, and continue to spread the positivity and just about all being positive. It has been a true honor to have you on the show, Ryan. Uh, I, I really care a lot about you, your family, and I thank you for being on. Thank you so much for having me. I'm honored. I'm, I, I'll more than happy to be back on again. Awesome. We're going to make that happen. Uh, Folks, thank you for coming to Episode 8. Before we uh, let you go here, I always end with my final statement of every show, and then we'll have Episode 9 coming up very shortly. But thank you again to Zugman for a great episode today. So for our final statement for our career mess, lesson for a whole life, have a balance, everything be better. We'll see you next time, folks, on Create a Mess Podcast.